You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Okay, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I just want to say happy Christmas Eve. Uh, Thank you for choosing to be here this morning. We all know that there are many other things that could uh, call for our attention, but great to have you here. Uh, I wanted to to make a point uh, really, really early on. As Jesus uh, said this to Martha in her frantic preparation, cutting through the myriad of justifiable uh, reasons to (coughs) to be distracted by many other things, he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. So there is one thing that is needed. And what we're looking at this morning is becoming intentionally His. Now, I'm confident that for most of us here, you're already on that journey. And the purpose of your life is wrestling down to become more and more intentionally His. But we want to be intentionally His. If there's one thing that you remember from this morning... What I want you to hear is from the Spirit is eyes on me. That's all that we need throughout this season, whether it's, I've got a list of things here and I don't want to forget any of them. Through the gifts, the gifts that we give, the gifts that we get, the ones that we're surprised by and wonderful or the ones that are like, well, it really wasn't great. And if you're like me and you really do struggle to not convey everything that's going on inside through your face, other people are much better at it. They can look at anything and go, Oh, look at that room. I've always wanted one of those remote controls, whereas I would do this, which doesn't go that well. With the people you love and also the people that you struggle to love over Christmas. Yes. Not, I mean, it's, it's a negative reality, isn't it? I'm not looking at you, love, because you're one of those people. In the middle of the grief that you might have for the things that haven't happened or the people that aren't at there anymore, or those things that you hoped would happen and didn't, whether Christmas is in the surroundings of the familiar or surroundings that aren't, whether you forget a gift. I had one of those moments where you go, oh no, I've forgotten something. Whether you burn the potatoes or you make the best potatoes that you have made in your life, whether the turkey is as dry as turkeys can be or is beautifully made or whether you run out of cranberry sauce or whatever the sauce is or that thing that that person wants. What I want you to hear that the Spirit has for you this Christmas is eyes on me. Eyes on me. That's all he wants. Just eyes on me. Because Andrew said at the end end of the the corporate prophetic, it's always all going to be all right with him. No matter how difficult it can be in those moments, it's always going to be all right with him. And I want you to remember this. So uh, Peter saw Jesus coming out on the water and he said, if it's you, tell me to come and I'll come. And it says, Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried, Lord, save me. And immediately, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Jesus will reach out his hand and catch you. Eyes on him. That's all you've got to do. Christmas is great, isn't it? It is. But it can also be profoundly difficult. And also our expectations as to how amazing it should all actually be when it's not that amazing. We go, this is the worst Christmas in the world. So we want to just keep our eyes on him. That's all that matters. Just hear the Spirit, eyes on me. And I want to leave that up for the entirety of the message. Because if you remember nothing else 
eyes on him. What have you to do? Eyes on him. Just eyes on him. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing. For me right now, eyes on him. It's not about you. It is, but it's not. It's about eyes on him. We are here today because a baby was born in a shed in a no good town thousands of miles away thousands of years ago. Love came down and it never left. That's the sole reason why we're here. Everything that we teach, all that we are, is become because of him. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And Luke 19.10 says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he found you and I, didn't he? So what has been recovered in you this year? And this is not one of those crowd participation moments. It's for you to think about. What was lost, was stolen, was destroyed that you have found this year because of him and you find life and life in all its fullness? Jesus arrived quietly. He arrived in hiddenness through a teenage virgin. His cot was an animal trough. His mother's fiance, his stepdad, was tempted to break off his engagement to his mother because of the shame of her pregnancy. And yet, and I've said this before in this message series, the poverty of the situation Christ was born in was the sign of his majesty. Luke 2.12, this will be a sign to you that you'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And it's got to tell you something about how he likes to do things. It's just not the way that we would. If I was, uh, could go back and uh, Claire was about to give birth to Anna or Isaac, there's no part of me would choose any other situation than to be in a hospital surrounded by experts. And yet the one who understands everything deemed that this was the appropriate place for his son to be born. God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. That's from Corinthians. And in Isaiah 55, he says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. God moves in ways that can be missed, but cannot be mistaken. So you can miss it, but you can't mistake him. And if we have eyes and ears to hear, we can see how God likes to do things never more clearly than the Christmas story. But we've got to peel past all of the traditions, all of the fact that we've heard this over and over and over again and see what actually happened. God gets the job done. He does. Through the mess that we create, the mess that has been created that we've been dropped into, he gets the job done and he works his perfect plan in the middle of what seems like a total mess. So hear the Spirit say, eyes on me. No matter what's breaking down, what's coming together, what's falling apart, what seems to be working out, eyes on him. God will get his plan accomplished in the middle of the mess. He just will. And it all doesn't depend on us. Anybody feel like everything depends on you? It just doesn't. It just doesn't. He's got you. He knows what he's doing. Even the stuff that you wish had never happened, you might discover that actually that was a key piece of the jigsaw puzzle as to what it is that he was doing with your life. 
Everyone in the Christmas story was seeking something. Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. He came to take back uh, what was lost and given over to uh, what Adam gave his yes to in, in eating from the, the fruit on the tree. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. The wise men, well, they were seeking something in the heavens, watching beyond their current circumstances. They recognized this star, made the journey to the presence of the King of Kings, and that caused them to open up their treasuries. So here's a question for you. What treasures do you need to let open up to give to the king? And it might not be your financial resources. It might be. It may be other resources that you have. It might be just your heart. You know, the, in the bleak midwinter, I love that last stanza. What shall I, shall I give him poor as I am? If I was a shepherd, I would give a lamb. If I were as a wise man, I would do my part. But yet what I can, I give him, I give him my heart. <coughs> but that heart might like look like something else that you don't want to give. Sometimes it's really easy for us to give certain things and we can look at somebody else and see that it's difficult for them. And because it's difficult for them, we think, well, that'll do then. But actually let him point to the thing that you need to give to him, whatever treasure you have that you might need to give. The Christmas story also shows us that we've got to learn to recognize what God is doing in its infancy. He's not going to drop the full measure size of what it is that he has for you in your life uh, in its totality. It's going to be a seed, and we've got to learn to recognize him whenever he comes, when he asks you to do something, and we've got to recognize the potential within ourselves and also the potential within others. So we've got to learn to recognize what God is doing in its infancy. I've said this before too, but you've got to learn to see the duties of a king in the role of the shepherd boy. So what are the faithful things that you don't like doing? Is it your dishwasher? Oh, that dishwasher. Well, thankfully, now the baton has passed to my beautiful daughter. And she now empties the dishwasher, which gets me emotional when I hear that drawer come down and I hear the chink chink of those mugs being set away. I don't care whether they're set in the wrong place or not. That baton has passed. But you've got to learn to see the duties of the king in the role of the shepherd boy. So where are the shepherd boy tasks in your life? What do you despise often is quite a good place to stand. You know those things that you would really like to get out of, but you know you can't? Just submit yourself to them and let the duties of the king be formed in you as you do them. The shepherds, well, they had the lowliest job of the day. And yet God held an angelic choral concert in front of them, specifically and deliberately sharing the news with them. And when the angels showed up to announce his birth and a choir of angels started singing, then they sought the king and the shepherds went to meet the shepherd. So your circumstances, the family of origin, your job where you live, do not dictate your worth nor your identity. Whose you are defines everything. So you want to become his, eyes on him. Eyes on him, that's all it's got. And those situations where you're just thinking, I don't have this, I've burnt this, I've wrecked that, I can't do this, eyes on him. And I guarantee you'll see a face that encourages you, that sometimes will say, you know, that you and I both know that you need to stop doing that. This is who you are. Or when you're doing the things you don't want to do, the best thing that he will say to you is, this is not who you are. 
you're so much more than this. Come and follow me. Mary and Joseph, they were seeking somewhere for Jesus to be born, and they were doing their best to love what God had entrusted to them. And you'd think because it was God that there would have been a room, there would have been space, a midwife, fresh towels. You would have thought that he would have provided. And we've got to die to our expectation that if this God, this will look like. Are you there? Are you starting to get there? I mean, if it's God, it'll look like whatever it looks like. If you have a preconceived expectation that what God does has to look like this, you will be deeply grieved. I don't like the word disappointed because you're never disappointed from your life. It's your life. You've got to recognize that it's yours to live. But you probably will be grieved if you expect that he's going to do something in a certain way. A census was called and they had to make that horrendous journey. And yet that horrendous journey ended up fulfilling one of the prophetic words that was spoken about the Messiah. Surely if it's God, it wouldn't be so hard. Surely if it's God, it wouldn't look like this. Surely if it's God, I wouldn't have to work with that person. Surely if it's God, I wouldn't have to yield myself in that circumstance. If it's God, it'll look like what it looks like. The main thing is that you keep your eyes on Him. And often what initially frustrates us is what ultimately fulfills us. Anybody else? I've not wanted my life. Have you wanted yours? And yet this is the best life that I could live with the best people that I could have in it. I choose to marry the right person. And if you're here and you're going, well, I didn't. Well, the minute that you give your yes in front of him, the person who wasn't the right person becomes that right person there and then. This is the best life that you can have. So start living it. You expected it to look a different way. God's in the middle of the mess. There's a point where we all have to go, all right, this is it. And that's not a resigned, oh, well, best to just get on with it. I'm going to hobble through my life. I'm victim to it. This is, this is the life that I've been given. And I'm going to start to live it. Eyes on Him. Keep your eyes on Him this Christmas. No matter what happens, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's Eve, whatever 2024 looks like, and the engines are starting to turn in regard to the prophetic sense for 2024. But this is your life. So what are you going to do with it? Herod was seeking his position. He's the one that interests me most, actually. And it's really easy to just go, well, Herod was mean and awful. Um, and because it's so long ago, we don't really see the trauma and atrocity of what that man chose to do. But Herod was, uh, the presence of this child for Herod raised up a tyrant. And he started to manipulate and deceive and kill. He ordered the slaughter of male infants under the age of two. And that's how the enemy works. Matthew 2.16 says, When Herod realized that he'd been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time that he'd learned from the Magi. He defended his kingdom. He prioritized his self-interest rather than yielding himself to the presence of the King of Kings. And the presence of Jesus is not always welcome. And I also want to uncomfortably set in front of all of us, is he always welcome in your life? 
Because I tell you, for one thing, he's not always welcome in mind. And it's easy to point at Herod and go, well, he was a tyrant. Well, that tyrant was created because that man yielded to his self-interest repeatedly and over and over and over and over again. You don't want to do that. We want to choose to die to ourselves, to put ourselves away, actually, and trust that God knows exactly what we need so we don't have to look after ourselves. We trust that he's going to do that and we can die to our self-interest and go after him. This is what I want to say finally, keeping it short because it's Christmas Eve. You're welcome. Happy Christmas. Praise the Sarah. Like, oh, that was nice. What did you remember about Christmas Eve message? I can't tell you one thing, but he was short. <laughs> I mean, that was Christmas gift enough. Eyes on me. I'm deliberately short. Eyes on me. He's really good and really kind. He's really good and really kind. I came to, to writing this message thinking, have I done enough? Have I done enough? What about this? Is it not that? All those voices that come at you. When I put my eyes on him, he was going, good job, son. Eyes on Jesus. It's not all on you. It's just not. Take that away this Christmas. It's not all on you. If you burn your spuds, it's not all on you. If the dinner is a mess, it's not all on you. If your great aunt Sadie doesn't actually like the jumper that you got knit by monks in Afghanistan and spent three grand to get done, it's not all on you. It's not all on you. Christmas becomes all about us. It's not all on you. Eyes on Him. That's why we celebrate, isn't it? We're not pagans. We're celebrating because of the birth of Jesus. You have shattered the yoke of their burden, the bar across their shoulders, and the rod of the oppressor. Forever trampling boot of battle and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. It's not all on you. The government is upon his shoulders. It's not all on you. And we're having people come and stay over Christmas. And Claire was saying, you know, it'll be lovely after they've been in the house. And I was like, is that because their smell will be still here? Because Claire's very excited about having them with us. But it's not all on you. It's not all on us. And Claire's never going to hear me and saying that's not all on you. So if you want to say to Claire, it's not all on you, that would be tremendous. But it's not all on you this Christmas. Nor is 2024, nor is 2025, nor the years after it. But also, you've got to take responsibility for that which you have responsibility for. And the irony is that we take responsibility for the things that aren't ours and reject responsibility for the things that are. Go figure. Spirit says, eyes on me. The enemy would have us carry the weight of the world and abdicate responsibility for what we have responsibility for. Jesus was born, lived, died, and was resurrected. He shattered the yoke that burdens us and the bar of oppression across our shoulders. He's the governor, and his government will never stop increasing and will always bring peace. And his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. So if you're not experiencing the lightness and the easiness of his burden, you want to ask yourself the question, am I taking on things that I shouldn't be taking on? And a quick story. You all know, uh, I've told you before, that we go and get our uh, Christmas tree from a Christmas farm, and Clara always says it's too far away. 
But one of the best things has been Isaac now carries the Christmas tree with me. Now, I could carry it on my own. And at this point, I'm still stronger than him. I'm confident that in a few years' time, he'll probably be much more physically stronger than I am. But one of the joys for me as the father is I hold the tree and Isaac supports the end of it. And he actually really does help me getting it into the car. That's a picture of what Jesus wants you to realize is what he's asking you to carry. God's got it. He wants to partner with you. It's his joy to have you help him do the things that he wants to do. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I cannot carry the things that God has asked me to carry without knowing eyes on him that he's got it. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. When you realize that he's got it, he's invited you to help him and it's his joy to have you do so. So the invitation this Christmas is to let the king rule, let peace flow from his leadership in your life and in my life. Our responsibility is to let him lead and for us to follow. Does that sound good? Can you apply that to the smaller bits of your life? Like some of you are probably going to burn something or forget something this Christmas. Somebody's going to be disappointed with a gift. Is that the end of the world? Would anybody else like to lie to me and still answer? The <laughs> Eyes on him. Eyes on him. When I forgot a gift, I was really annoyed, frustrated. Eyes on him. Eyes on him this Christmas. Would you like to stand with me? Can I have the worship collective? So the goal is eyes on him. We're not going to do anything else apart from fix our eyes on him. So is that something that you want to respond to this Christmas and this morning? Do you want to learn to fix your eyes on Jesus? Do you want to embrace becoming increasingly his? And do you want to learn to only take responsibility for what you have been called to take responsibility for? I'm just going to ask you to all come forwards. Would you do that? Because I'm confident that you all will, will respond. Ruth, would you just play actually first and then we'll worship after that. Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you increase your presence? We are made uh, and we inhabit obviously a physical body. Um, so that body reflects a lot of where we're at, whether arms are closed or hands in the pockets. Those things are actually really powerful. So let me encourage you just to close your eyes and open out your hands. Holy Spirit, you are the gift giver. You are. You are the one who brought about that very idea. You give yourself again and again and again. And I am confident that you have gifts for us this Christmas. So in this moment, would you stir up expectation for those gifts? We want you this Christmas. We want to see the clarity of your face, the clarity of your gaze, how it feels to be around you. Come, Holy Spirit. 
change you. Help us where we struggle. Come, Lord. I'm going to worship for a time. And then we're going to celebrate. And then we're going to have a great Christmas, whatever we're doing. So come, Holy Spirit. Let's worship together. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.